2005 and 2005 UTC right after the international. Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the June 22nd edition of the sunny side of sports. Let's kick off with African women's football. We're now 10 days away from the opening match at the Africa Women's Cup of Nations tournament in Morocco. 12 teams have been placed into three groups of four each. Group A has host Morocco, Burkina Faso, Senegal, and Uganda. Group B has Cameroon, Zambia, Tunisia and Togo. And Group C has three-time defending champion Nigeria, South Africa, Burundi, and Botswana. Aluchi Tobex Topachukwu is the media officer of the Super Falcons of Nigeria. Iron Mike Mbonye asked her about the mood in the team's training camp. The mood in camp uh, is very high. There is um, great optimism from every quarter, not only the players. The ladies just have um, only two things in mind. They want to go down there. They want to retain the title. And also, you know, in doing that, we're getting a slot um, at the World Cup. Nigeria is a big country uh, since 1991, where we had the first edition of the World Cup. We have never missed any edition. And these players, uh, they quite know that um, it is not in their set for them to break uh, such a stainless record. Thankfully, uh, the players are mixed with um, very experienced players and quality players that have also not um, played in the Arocon before. Uh, players like um, Ashley Pontry, uh, the Pain Sisters, you know, and Ifamanumanu, mostly the US-based uh, players that are in camp right now. They have never been in Alcon. We also have the presence of the highest goal scorer in the Polish League, 20 goals in 20 matches. Uh, very strong, reliable, and um, good player that has an eye for goals. I'm talking about Chinoyere McLean. They haven't gone for the Alcon before now, so this is an opportunity for them to go there, make a mark, and make a difference. What is the overall objective of the Super Falcons of Nigeria in this year's Women Africa Cup of Nations? Well, the overall objective of this team, like I stated, stated earlier, when you asked uh, most players, having uh, spoken with them at one time or the other, they just want to win, 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 and win. And in winning, you know, it helps us to actualize. Uh, the twin objectives that we have, uh, getting a slot for the World Cup and also winning the title for a tenth time. It is quite important that when we win this title for the tenth time, we want to set a record that will be very difficult for any African country to rub shoulders with, equal, not to talk of um, surpass it, 
Uh, you can look at the next country behind us to see that is following us in the number of times we have won this Equatorial Guinea twice. You can compare two to nine or two to ten times. So we want to show the world that the Super Falcons of um, Nigeria are the greatest thing to have come out of Africa. Do you have full house making the trip to Morocco and any injury worries? Uh, the team is uh, very fit both mentally and uh, physically. No injury worries. Uh, competition is high. People take trainings uh, very seriously and um, uh, they are just um, ready to go out there. There is unity in the team. As of today, we don't have uh, the full complement of our players. Uh, we're still expecting more to come in, but the team is set and the coach has worked with um, all the players in the past before now. He knows their strengths, he knows their weaknesses, so there shouldn't be anything to worry about. Uh, as of today, we have um, 28 players in camp. Um, Francis Caldega, Halima Tawindi, and um, Ashley Plunkley, they came in early in the morning. Uh, 28 players in camp, very good number to work with. And then um, we're also expecting other players, but you know, we're good to go. We have, um, Nigeria is blessed with our huge population. It also equals that um, uh, we have a huge number of quality players in the country, both home and um, foreign base. And um, I'm sure around the world um, is very happy to be working with a team like this. Any other African coach will want to switch uh, places with him. That's Aluchi Tobex Tobachukwu, the media officer of Nigeria's national women's football team, the Super Falcons. And she spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Abuja, Nigeria. I am Aluchi Tobex Tobachukwu, the media officer of Super Falcons of Nigeria, uh, vice chairman of um, Lagos One. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America. It goes without saying that computers have helped us function in today's technologically advanced world. Hi, I'm Rick Pantaleo. Please join me for the next science edition of Press Conference USA when we explore the vivid and rich chronology of computers and their forerunners. My guest is Rachel Ignatowski, author of The History of the Computer. Listen this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. In pro boxing, world heavyweight champion Alexander Usyk and challenger Anthony Joshua held a news conference Tuesday in Saudi Arabia where they'll have a rematch on August 20th. Usyk beat Joshua by unanimous decision last September in London to claim the WBA, WBO, IBF, and IBO title belts. Their rematch will take place in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and it's being billed as the rage on the Red Sea. Usyk says despite the war in his home country of Ukraine, he'll continue training hard ahead of his second fight against Joshua. For his part, Anthony Joshua had this to say. If you know me and a lot of my story, you can know I'm the comeback king. Um, you can put me down, but it's difficult to keep me down because I always keep my spirits high. I'm very prayerful. I'm very thankful. And even through my tough times, I know that everything will make sense in the long run. So we keep on moving forward. Definitely the hunger's still there. As I always said from the get-go, stay hungry. 
just keep the motivation high. Blips happen, things happen in life, but resilience, mental toughness, consistency will always prevail. Anthony Joshua has prevailed 24 times in his prize fighting career with two losses to Alexander Usyk and American Andy Ruiz Jr. Usyk, meanwhile, is unbeaten in 19 professional fights. He and Joshua also have Olympic gold medals on their resumes. Usyk won gold in the heavyweight division at the 2012 London Olympics. And Joshua, at those same London games, won gold in the super heavyweight division. Once again, the Alexander Usyk-Anthony Joshua rematch is scheduled for August 20th in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. I'm Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Also, please note, we've moved our programs to voaafrica.com. There you'll find your favorite VOA TV and radio shows, including the sunny side of sports and a whole lot more. Find us on voaafrica.com. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. Hello, this is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends, breakout artists, new releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Thanks, Heather. In European club football, one of the big recent transfers involves defender Antonio Rudiger moving from Chelsea to European champion Real Madrid next week. VOA's Gwen Ooten has details. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. 29-year-old Antonio Rudiger has confirmed he signed a long-awaited four-year deal with Real Madrid. On Monday, team president Florentino Perez presented his new defender on the club's training ground, where Rudiger told reporters Real Madrid is all about winning. This is what they demonstrate uh, over the the past years very often especially like uh, we all dream about champ- winning a Champions League and uh, yes like with a lot of doubts like doubts from outside coming into 
Like, but still, they they did the job last year, and uh, it's impressive. Rudiger will join Real Madrid when his contract with Chelsea expires at the end of this month. The center back was with the Premier League club when they were eliminated by Real in the Champions League quarterfinals last year. But Rudiger says at the time, any thought that he would one day play for the Spanish club had not entered his mind. By that time, nothing was clear. So that's why and uh, and even if there would be something would have been clear but it was going in the direction but uh, at the end of the day you have to be professional and uh, my target was to eliminate Real Madrid and uh, we tried our best and uh, didn't go our way but uh, it was it was easy to focus on that game Initial talks between Rudiger and Real Madrid took place early last season, and the club's interest was reignited when Chelsea faced Real in this year's Champions League quarterfinals. Real Madrid's remarkable performance during the last two Champions League seasons helped Rudiger make his decision, and he admits he celebrated their 1-0 victory over Liverpool to clinch this year's Champions League title. The final, like, I knew that I was uh, going to be uh, a Real Madrid player. So I was rooting for them. I was very happy that they won um, because I lost uh, with my former team two finals uh, against Liverpool. So I was very, very happy that Real Madrid beat them and uh, so and uh, we can compete next year for another two beautiful trophies. Antonio Rudiger was born in Berlin to a German father and a Sierra Leonean mother and has played 50 times for Germany since he made his football debut in 2014. He spent the last five seasons as a key player for Chelsea and won the Champions League title with the club in 2021. He's regarded as one of the most highly rated defenders in Europe and ends his career as a Chelsea player with 203 appearances and 12 goals across all competitions. Real Madrid rivals Barcelona also expressed interest in signing the star defender, but Rudiger says it was Real or nothing, and he's ready for the challenge of joining the La Liga and European champions. Real Madrid is stacked with, uh, with uh, very, very good players, especially on, also as well on my uh, position. But uh, I am I am going confident. I'm looking confident uh, going into this, and uh, I think uh, what I what do I bring uh, is uh, competition, which is uh, healthy, which is healthy for everyone. So and that keeps everyone going. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the challenge. Rudiger will wear the number 22 for Real Madrid. His official Twitter page shows a video of him putting on his new jersey for the first time. And in English and Spanish, Rudiger wrote, What a special day for me and my whole family. Already after one day, I realized what a big, big club this is. Thanks for the warm welcome. And he added, I'm more motivated than ever. Antonio Rudiger is set to join Real Madrid on July 1st. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uden. Earlier this year, another VOA colleague, Peter Cloti, had a chance to talk with Antonio Rudiger 
after the star defender was named a brand global Sierra Leone football ambassador. The ceremony took place in Sierra Leone's capital, Freetown, and Peter asked Antonio Rudiger about receiving the honor. Yeah, the experience was um, amazing, amazing, amazing reception. I didn't expect that, to be honest, you know, because, uh, yeah, like, uh, I just don't expect that because for me, myself, I am just a normal person like, like anybody, you know. And, uh, yeah, I was very amazed. And uh, also, like, the people on the ground, like, it was, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And then the launching of the foundation, the meeting with the president, like, it was, it was overall, like, wow, like, crazy. Before we go to the launch of your foundation, you met the president. The president was happy about the contributions you've made to Sierra Leone and the people. Uh, he said the people watch you all the time, wishing you and pray for you. Now you have become the sports ambassador for Sierra Leone. Talk to me about the experience. Ah, I think this is a, this is a huge. This is something very huge because um, a president to say such meaningful words to a person. This is like. Uh, what can you wish for more? Like uh, at the end of the day, like this is a this is a big, big uh, honor, and um, to receive uh, this type of role that I received, uh, the sports ambassador. This is also something huge. So it shows that helping is uh, is very good. So let's talk about the launch of your foundation in Sierra Leone. Talk to me about it. It was our idea for me and my team to do the first launching of the foundation think it would have a bigger impact if you do it on the ground in Sierra Leone. Launching the foundation, it's to me personally very important because it's not a one-man show. This is what I want to make very clear. It's not a one-man show. I don't want to come out there as a, as a hero or something like this. No, I want people to join and um, because I think with the more we are, the more we can, the more we can create. This is what I believe in, and uh, obviously on the foundation itself, I have four very important uh, st stuff that I that we are focusing on. That's number one, sports education and in general education. <laughs> number two is sports infrastructure. Number three, sports inclusivity, and uh, the fourth one is uh, uh, literacy. This right. is four key points we are looking at. Let's take them one after the other. You talked about education in general uh, and then sports education. Why that? Why are you so passionate about that? I strongly believe um, that education is is big key because for me, the mindset, the head is the strongest weapon a human being have. So that's why it's to me very important. Unfortunately, people in the past, because we had the civil war and everything, so people some people over there, we have to say it in real talk, are not well educated, cannot read, cannot uh, write, or cannot speak proper English. So this is a very important thing that because the youth is our future. So that's why it's very, very important to, yeah, to teach them. Talking about literacy, language, and digital and numeracy for the, especially the disabled and the vulnerable children. Why that? It's not only about that. It's also women. That's also, yeah. that's also going to gender. It's uh, because I saw, I went, for example, I went there to, to watch a game of amputees playing. You see the love, you see the love they have, the passion they have, but unfortunately, they have one arm less or one leg less.
but still there's love for the game so you have to always get them involved and so you don't put them as outstanders no they also can be very very important and uh, yeah that's why you you went there you looked at some games about the disabled people playing in sports infrastructure uh, is developing let's put it that way um how will your foundation help improve upon that oh it's like it's, it's like not only this like how this comes to sports infrastructure like if they have better pitches better coaches and people who really actually who actually like care about them for real we can go ahead and that's why it's very important to have first of all the structure then to have the people who show them people who have experience who teaches them and uh, because that's what they need and uh, yeah but there is like how i said you have to work together to find together uh, like uh, a solution will you have a chance of taking some of your colleague soccer players to go help with you know the work that your foundation is doing for sure like uh, i i'm i'm very sure because uh, at the end of the day like i have good friends in football who are who are eager to help i already did uh, a thing without even the foundation like with uh, Mesut Ozil was involved and Golo Kanté was involved so i think uh, i i did i think uh, i hope let's say like this i hope they join definitely the, the president was talking about the um mask campaign you know to protect the people against the uh covid and you know restrict the spreading of the disease and all that what motivated you to get into it before even your foundation was launched yeah it's just this it's just in general because it was it was like in europe covid hit very hard and uh, you just hear people are dying and uh, and stuff like this and then yeah you think back my parents are there and uh, not only my parents just the whole population I, I i for me i just thought because i'm not a doctor i'm not uh, this is not my my area but you just hear people are dying so i was afraid that something like ebola is uh, you know like coming again and stuff like this and so i said like if there's any chance i can help um yeah that was my motivation so where do you see your foundation in sierra leone within the next five years Ooh, at the end of the day like you never know you never know what happens because at the end of the day like i would like my personal goal what we want to achieve is uh, definitely to improve in in lots of as aspects education is more like it takes a long time to be honest that that's that's not from today to, to tomorrow but what i want to really achieve very early is the structure like uh, in the infrastructure there i want to I want to go because that's obviously that's what people see because we all know you're African too so you know the African man believes in what he see when you interacted with the children in Sierra Leone uh you even went to watch a soccer match where some of the disabled were were playing what was your message to them oh, my message to them is that you know at the end of the day uh they think maybe nobody sees them but that's what I wanted to com uh, confirm that there's actually people who care about about them this was my message with you becoming the sports ambassador a uh, global sports ambassador for Sierra Leone what will you want to achieve with this new role with this new role to achieve like um to show to show a different different type of country because to be honest um, we 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 mostly been in the dark light and this is what I want to I don't want that anymore I just don't want that because yes like yeah we've been through civil war we had Ebola but we survived we are still there so i don't want people to look 
upon us. No, I want to see. I want people to see us as equal. That's what I want. Before you go, Antonio, um, what will be your message to the people of Sierra Leone? What should be their expectations for your foundation going forward? Yeah, first of all, like uh, at the end of the day, what I want to tell all the people is, as I said before, it's not a one-man show. Definitely not. And uh, I want. That's why I did the uh, foundation in Sierra Leone to connect with the people. And uh, yeah, and uh, we have to put ourselves in a role. We have to be role models. Not only not only myself. And that's why I launched it there. So to have people on board, so we can grow together. And uh, yeah, first of all, but the most important thing is like I want to put my country in the limelight. I want to put my country up there. And uh, but what people should know, this doesn't happen through day and night. It's a long process and I believe in the process and uh, I'm, I am 100% like ready to go that way. That's Antonio Rudiger, who will officially join European club football champion Real Madrid on July 1st. And Rudiger spoke with VOA's Peter Clotty from London. And that interview originally aired on The Voice of America in early February. Sporty greetings. This is Sunday Olise, former captain and coach of the Super Eagles of Nigeria. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Hi, I'm Kim Lewis. Join me and our panel of journalists as we discuss the top stories of the week, including Senate Republicans downplay the impact of the House January 6 hearings, which have shed new light on former President Trump's role in the attack on the Capitol building to stop the certification of Joe Biden's election victory. Join us for Issues in the News this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Thanks, Kim. Turning to tennis... American star Serena Williams returned to competition Tuesday after nearly a year away with a doubles win at the Eastbourne International Tournament in England. Serena teamed up with Tunisia's Anz Jabeur for a victory over Sara Saribes Tormo of Spain and Marie Buskova of the Czech Republic. Williams and Jabir rallied after losing the first set, six games to two. They came back to win the second set, six games to three, and then the match tiebreaker, 13 to 11. 40-year-old Serena Williams had not played competitive tennis since limping out of her first-round match at last year's Wimbledon in tears due to a leg injury. At the post-match news conference in Eastbourne, Serena was asked by a reporter, during the past year, was there ever a moment where you felt, I can't play tennis again, the body is never going to let me? Was there ever doubt? Absolutely, for sure. I would be dishonest if I said it wasn't, but um, yeah, and now I just, my body feels great. I mean... It's doubles. I'm only playing half of the court, but been doing a lot of training, and so it definitely feels good. So, again, it's really just about taking a day at a time and a match at a time, and um, just going for those those whenever you can, at best. Serena Williams is using the Eastbourne tournament to warm up for Wimbledon, which begins June 27th. Serena received a wild card entry to play singles at Wimbledon where she has won seven of her 23 major titles 
the most by any player in the modern open era and the second most all time behind Margaret Court's 24. More football news. The World Cup-bound U.S. men's national soccer team has lined up friendly international matches against two more Qatar-bound teams, Japan and Saudi Arabia. The Americans will play the Japanese on September 23rd and the Saudis on September 27th. The venue for the Japan match has not yet been determined. The game against Saudi Arabia will be played in Spain. Now, these will be the final preparation matches for the USA ahead of the World Cup in Qatar. Earlier this month, the USA beat Morocco 3-0 in the U.S. city of Cincinnati, Ohio, and played a scoreless draw against Uruguay in the U.S. city of Kansas City, Kansas. Along with the games against Morocco and Uruguay, the American men will have faced four different World Cup teams before traveling to Qatar in November. The USA's head coach, Greg Berhalter, says, and I quote, We are pleased to have the opportunity to measure ourselves against fellow World Cup participants. Together with the two games in June against Morocco and Uruguay, We will have experienced a great diversity of styles and quality opponents to help us prepare for the World Cup. That wraps up the June 22nd edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington. I get it. And that's the sunny side of sports.